six verses in our gospel passage, and probably most of us are struggling with three different questions from it. First of all, did Jesus have brothers and sisters? Second of all, why did the people in Nazareth reject Jesus? And third of all, what does St. Mark mean by he was unable to perform any mighty deeds? Well, we'll start with the first question because it's probably the easiest. Did Jesus have brothers and sisters? And the answer is a definite maybe. Over the last 2,000 years, three explanations have been given to explain these few references in the Gospels to Jesus' brothers and sisters. Um, Also in the New Testament, we have several references to a guy who's called James, the brother of the Lord. Well, the first explanation, because there's three that we've come up with, the first one is maybe St. Joseph was married before. That Mary was his second wife, that he was widowed and had had children with his first wife. So those brothers and sisters are Jesus' stepbrothers and sisters. Explanation number two. Perhaps in first century Judea, the term brothers and sisters referred to any close relatives, maybe cousins. It was a very tribal culture. So maybe the brothers and sisters are his cousins and second cousins and third cousins once removed. And then the third explanation is, well, we're pretty sure that Jesus is the firstborn child of Mary, but maybe Mary and Joseph had other children after that. Now, the Catholic Church holds that Mary remained a virgin all her life. So if you're Catholic, we gave you two options. And if you're not Catholic, you have three. Getting more to the meat of the challenge of this gospel passage. Why was Jesus rejected by the people at Nazareth? It's really interesting. Earlier in this gospel, we've been hearing from the gospel of Mark on and off since January. Um, When he went to Capernaum in chapter 1, the people there were astonished too. But then they were like, wow, this guy teaches with authority. We should listen to him. And here, they're not, they decide, wait, this is offensive. This guy's speaking with authority, and we know who he is. The problem is the people of Nazareth thought they already knew everything about who Jesus was. Jesus couldn't be extraordinary because he was the son of Mary and they knew the rest of his family and they were ordinary people. And he couldn't have any special wisdom because he was a carpenter and his dad was a carpenter. Many of us have experienced this same kind of thing where people think they know all about us and so they can't see aspects of who they are. There's a group of, I'll call them former friends of mine, that I sometimes see when I go home, there's one group of people, but I don't really enjoy spending as much time with them as I used to, because for them, it's like nothing's changed. All we do is talk about the good old days. They don't seem to have any interest in hearing what I've been up to, who I'm becoming And when I ask them about what they've been doing, they don't really seem to want to talk about that either. And for me, 
to be in relationship with somebody is to continue to grow and journey. I also think about a few people I've known since grade school who sort of have put me in a box. They still see me as the awkward, unathletic, scrawny guy who was a little smart, but they, um, they, they don't really seem to be interested. I, I went to my last high school reunion, and I graduated from a high school class of 360 people, but only a few of my close friends were able to make it because of circumstances. And a lot of the other people really didn't seem to want to catch up with me and know how I was doing. Until, partway through the night, the word got out that I was studying to be a priest. Then all of a sudden, everybody wanted to talk to me. And I found that really disingenuous. People had no interest in knowing what I had been up to for the last 15 years. About my life as an engineer, a musician, a facilitator, a traveler, or who I had met and what I had done. But now that they knew I was going to be a priest, or probably was going to be a priest, they were intrigued by that. But it wasn't really about me. But I'm sure my story isn't that unique. Many of us have experienced people who judge our present and our future solely on our past. Think about the employer who won't give a former addict a chance at a job. Think about the university that poo-poos the research of graduate students and junior faculty because they do not yet have a terminal degree or tenure. Think about family members who choose to relate to one another solely based on the grudges from long ago. And that leads us to the third question. Why does it say Jesus was not able to perform mighty deeds? Rest assured, Jesus was, had the ability St. Mark says in the first verse of his gospel that Jesus was the Son of God. He could do it. But if we look at what Jesus has done in the first five chapters of Mark, he doesn't just heal people out of the blue. He preaches. He talks about the kingdom of God is a hand. And when people respond with a glimmer of a belief that maybe that's the case, that's when Jesus offers a sense of healing to people who are open to the possibility that the kingdom of God is at hand. Think about the healings we've heard about over the last few months in this gospel. Jesus cures Simon's mother-in-law because Simon says, come to the house and see her. Jesus heals the paralytic man after the paralytic's friends drag him to the house and lower him down through the roof. Jesus heals Jairus' daughter when Jairus comes and asks. And the woman with the hemorrhage, she literally reaches out to Jesus. But here in Nazareth, nobody believes Jesus. They refuse. They are stubborn to be open to the possibility that he is something more than what they've already seen. And they miss out on this incredible gift that God incarnate himself, 
had grown up in their neighborhood. So how about us? What should we do when people stubbornly refuse to believe what we believe? Well, perhaps Jesus offers us a model. Jesus does not debate theology with these people. He doesn't offer the cheap grace of miracles. They are not open, and he recognizes that. We can't change people's minds. We can't change people's hearts. What we can do is pray for the Holy Spirit to do that. Because only the Holy Spirit can convert hearts and change the world.